This is the original Judo Podcast. Welcome to episode 26. Hi guys, welcome to the show. This is the original Judo Podcast. I'm joined this week again by Chris Millwood and we are giving you a quick rundown of the European Championships that just happened. Hey Chris, how are you doing? Did you catch much of the judo at the weekend? Well, yeah, I did, to be honest, James. I caught as much as I can. Um, I've realised how great the IJF system is um, with, with judo base and catching fights and being able to revisit fights kind of within within you know a short space of time is compared with what we was experienced at the Europeans kind of being in work, you know, and pinching opportunities to catch what judo I could. Um, you know, on breaks, of course, <laughs> and things like that, but... Um, you know, if anybody from Warrington Borough Council is listening, then, you know, it certainly was on my break time. Um, but it just made it hard to, you know, it was difficult to visit and stuff like that. So I caught a lot, didn't catch everything, but certainly enjoyed every bit of that. Thing. No, I think I think you're right. I did it, I did exactly the same. I managed to catch quite a lot of the judo from the first two days. Um, but then it was so hard, like you say, to catch up. And you, you, you perhaps take for granted how good, yeah, that the judo-based IGF system is it, and how quick it is at getting the, the matches back up so you can go and catch up. Um, I think the first thing we need to cover is, uh, let's talk about our predictions. It didn't start well for, for us in terms of on day one, I don't know if we got a single single medalist right, let alone predicting the gold medalist. Half of mine didn't even fight, never even made it to the mat, so kind of that was me, me blown out. I was me blown out. So, yeah, I think I had Chitu at um, 52s who took a seventh place. But other than that, you know, nothing. I think about the whole tournament, one of the things that surprised me was um, the seeded players, certainly in men's categories, you know, were dropping like flies. I know. I mean, I think I was expecting the Georgians to do really, really well. And naturally, they were, were well within the seeds, you know, up there in the seedings. You know, and as a team, didn't do too great. You know, two, three weeks ago in the Georgia Grand Prix, just kings of the world, weren't they? But kind of, but other other seeded players also didn't progress. Yeah, and uh, Azerbaijan, who I think usually strong, certainly in the men's super strong. Again, had a terrible tournament, and some of their kind of stalwarts, like the two two guys at seventy threes, I suppose, Orojov and Hadorov. Hadorov came away with the medal. Orojov crashed out. You had um, the lad at 66. That's right. don't think he came back with a medal. Um, I don't think he came back with a medal. Two lads at 66. Uh, they have Safarov and Shikalizada. No, and, and again, those two are usually about the, the around about the medals. Um, and they've always got one of the heavier weights. There and thereabouts. I think on the... On the on the flip side of that, you know, in, in the 73s, Armenia took their first ever um, European Championship gold, didn't they? You know, so kind of, which is, um, you know, a great achievement for them as a country and kind of yeah, move on, exciting. really. It's exciting to see new players players coming through. Um, I think the women's was a lot more, went to form with some of the divisions. So certainly 48, I think the the top four seeds all got through to the semis and in most of the weight categories, someone from the top four made it to the semi-finals, and you didn't see that through all of the men's categories, which I thought was was quite a surprise. However, your predictions did pick up on day day two and day three, didn't they? They did. They did. I mean, um, just I think I predicted um, Mucky 
the Israeli at um, 81s. He was unseeded, and I predicted he was going to win it, and he did. You know, um, predicted Toma on day three, Toma Nikiforov, um, under 100 kilos. Really so pleased for him. I um, I took a junior team to um a tournament a number of years ago, maybe six years ago, and to- Toma won the tournament there. And I said to a, a, one of the British lads, you know, who was in his weight category, you need to get on with Toma, you need to get on with him, hunt him down. And this lad, to be fair to him, you know, was chasing Toma all around the world, really. Oh, Toma's in the gym, or oh, Toma's not training today. And Toma came over and said, I believe you're after having Randori with me. He said, let's go. And um, within the first 30 seconds, he powerbombed <laughs> this kid. And I ended up having to draw a draw a white line around him on the floor, on the mat. Um, but Unfortunately, this Toma now didn't have a practice, so I stepped forwards to, you know, uh, took my fingers out of my belt and was able to practice with him. And fortunately, and I mean fortunately, he understood coach's privilege <laughs> and, you know, kind of, we, we had a lovely Randori. We had a lovely Randori. But since then, I've always followed him and great to see him win his first um, European Championship. Awesome. I, I, I didn't see much of the duel at all on the final day, but um, he's been a phenomenal player this last couple of years. And yeah, you could see him certainly getting European medals in the future and, and world and Olympic medals are definitely within his grasp. I think so. I think so. I mean, he's a great player. I've got a lot of time for him. I really watch him. Um, I just love his judo. I love his... I love his um, all his manliness about about a combat sport. To be honest with you, he's, uh, he's a bit of a. He's got a such brute, an aggressive approach, you know, and then, which is great because it's constantly. Uh, yeah, he just imposes himself. Definitely, definitely. Um, who else impressed you? Um, well, when, when predictions wise, we uh, we said um, Dicko at over 78, 18 years of age, French girl. I watched her fight a couple of weeks ago, and I thought she was really good and. Um, Predicted her for to there, and she, I think she won all the matches with Ipon. Um, Chimeo took a silver. Um, Sally, who I predicted, took a silver. Um, you know, unfortunately, Coda bombed out first match. Um, but in terms of, I suppose, who impressed me overall, um, we sorry, just before then, we, we also spoke about I expected Lucy Renshaw to take a medal. She took a medal, you know, so I'm really, really pleased. Great stuff for British judo. My standout play was um, Gemma Howell, really. You know, I, I just um, didn't expect her to get as far as she did. I don't think she expected to get as far as she did. But when um, player as the uh, took on Gahi in the match in the opening match of, of her pool and suplexed, sorry, did a Uranagi on um, Gahi, that that just opened the, the the pool right up for Gemma, and you, I could really see her. Progressing to the semi-final just because of the match above her um, going unexpectedly, um, and she did. Um, you know, amazing achievement. And that's that's the nature of judo, isn't it? You, when a draw opens up like that, and and it does happen all the time, and you saw it at this Europeans over and over again. Players taking their chances, like your uh, Armenian player in the was it seventy uh, threes, eighty ones in the men's, but also like Gemma. You know, as soon as Gahi was gone from the seedings that was a potential opportunity that she might not otherwise have had. Um, so it was great to see her come home with the medals. And that kind of brings us on to the British players who had, for many of them, a phenomenal tournament. Five medals. Were you impressed by the results? Do you know what? When you when you asked me last week what, you, what you're looking forward to, and my response was British medals, 
we expected it. And, I, you know, I thought I was chanting my arm saying, you know, maybe three or four medals. And then you kind of up the ante, yeah, we could get three, four, five medals. I was like, <laughs> you know, and, and when you're looking at each of them as individuals, you absolutely could, could envisage that. But actually, it's kind of like beyond expectation, really. But to see British players going to tournaments with an expectation that they will be coming home with medals is a great feeling for me now. Um, and I just think they could have had more. You know, Alice was doing wonderful in the semi-final um, and was unlucky um, not to proceed into the final. That would have been an additional medal. Um, and of course, Nakoda, who's probably one of the stronger players within the team, bombs out first round. You know, and that happens, as we know, but there's, there's medal elsewhere in the places where we didn't get medals. So how wonderful is that, really? I think it was amazing, and there's been there's been a lot of articles written about it already since um, you know it's it's highlighting that it's been twenty years since you know Britain has had a Europeans quite as successful as this, um, and yeah, we talked mm. about our predictions last week, but you do go away thinking oh, it'd be so easy for you know several players to lose and. and I've really felt gutted for Nakoda when she she lost her match because then that started to that started to give me a few doubts that if someone like Nakoda can can go out first fight then maybe none of the guys could come back with a medal and and obviously Ashley went on on the day to 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 get bronze but that wasn't without his own problems um I think you wanted to talk about the semi-final I think I think it was the it was the quarter final against the Russian um it was you know he was in the match, winning two shadows up, and then it gets pegged back to 2-2. The match continues. And for me, it's kind of, you know, nobody was really coming on top. But the referee says Mate, gives the Russian a shido, third shido, Hansoki Mate, awards the fight to Ashley. So I turned off, I turned my phone off. And then I kind of, um, you know, because it was on my break, of course, and <laughs> I, I had to get back to work. Um Next thing I see was Ashley's in the in the repechage. I was like, well, what, what's happened there? He should be in the semi. He should be fighting Pat and Ashley. And I, and I, I found out afterwards that the, um, my understanding is the, the, the care commission or the care team kind of instructed the referees to overturn the, you know, to negate the, um, the final Shido. And then Ashley re- receives a Shido on the next exchange. Now, for me... We had this difficulty, I think it was in London, um, I think maybe we discussed earlier, I think it was at the semi-final, um, where the match was awarded by the judges, 2-1, to one, um, but the care team got involved and asked the judges to rejudge the match, which it then got given the opposite direction. And I think on that occasion, the right person won. I don't have an overly opinion in terms of whether the right or wrong person won in Ashley's match, but for me, I think... Once the match is awarded, now now that we've got the um, the video replays in place, the players shouldn't be leaving the mat. As soon as that referee waves their hand in the player's direction, that should be the fixed result, regardless of what external factors have. They've got the time, they've got the technology to revisit it, slow it down, and award what they're directed to from the care commission before they leave the tatami. And I think credit, massive credit to Ashley for 
overcoming that adversity and seeing it through to get a medal. You know, that, that takes a real champion's mindset for me. Coming back from, yeah, that kind of challenge, that kind of like opposition's amazing. Um, probably you'd say that the referees, if it was, I don't know the situation, so I'm maybe commenting out of turn, but you, if the players have left the map, they come back on and the, the score, the, the shido is taken off, you can't then give a shido on the very next exchange because the players have just returned to the mat. Do you know what I mean? That, that's... Yeah, because yeah. Um, that would have told you that the referees were thinking, actually, the Russian wasn't doing enough at this moment in time and actually was. So the next exchange, I, I just, it, I, I really felt, um, I really, I didn't, understand that that happened, but understanding a bit of the context behind it, I'd watch the match, I'd watch the referee wave a hand in Ashley's direction, you know, and to come back from that, you know, whether they'd gone off the tatami completely or not, I don't know, but to that to be, um, you know, unawarded, if that's the right word, you know, I don't even know if it is a word, but, you know, to be, for that to be rescinded, um, I just think, you know, unfair, unfair when you've got the technology and the time to get the right yeah, call. Definitely. Um, I, I saw the only other, the only match I saw of, of Ashley's was against the Dutch, Dutch kids fight before. Um, yeah. The, the, the yeah, more, yeah. I, I was, yeah. again, I was really impressed. Like it's easy to think of Ashley as someone who can throw, um, but who perhaps um, lacks tactically or strategically, but his gripping in that match, I thought, was was perfect. Do you think that's um, maturity? And do you think, I mean, this is just me speculating, I had this conversation with a father-in-law at the weekend, actually. You know, I wonder if fatherhood has kind of brought some level of maturity <laughs> um, to his judo, really, you know, in terms of understanding that actually his career is really crucial, to you know, for his, for the, for his family and his well-being. It could well do, um... I certainly, I certainly think you're right in terms of he's a much more mature athlete, um, and potentially that brings with it an understanding of what his his judo is and other places he could win. But it also might reflect, you know, working at Camberley. Luke's a great tactician, fantastic understanding Absolutely. of judo, and actually on the Kumikata. Mm-hmm. Ashley Absolutely. still throws very much similar to when he was a younger fighter, but the big change for me that I saw. You know, and his, his early match was how he controlled the match. Yeah, tactically, how he was involved in the match through his gripping and his movement. Um, and potentially that wouldn't have been there earlier. Like, if he hadn't, earlier in his career, if he hadn't been able to throw his opponent, he might have drifted in and out of his match. Now, obviously, he's got a host of medals to his name because he's always been able to throw people. But these kind of tougher gripping matches, I think, are the ones he struggled with before. And it was it was good to see him yeah, control a fight like that. And it's great to see athletes develop like that, isn't it? You know, um, as you say, Ashley's a thrower, but if he's on against an opponent who can control a kumikata and stay on one one mat, then Ashley struggles. But what I was really impressed with um, in the match against the Russian was how he accumulated those first two shidos. You know, a bit of edge play, he had his back to the edge, and he really made sure that he was trying to stay in and he made it quite clear that the Russian was pushing him out. Um, and that was great tactical awareness. You know, it was one of them where you hope he didn't get the Shido because actually he could click, but he made it 
obvious what he was trying to do. I'm not looking to disengage. I'm looking to be combative. I'm looking to keep in the area. I thought he'd done really well there, you know, and to, to learn a skill like that. I thought he was great. What did you think of um, Nakoda's match and uh, Chelia? Oh, and Kim as well. They, did you catch any of their guys? So I never seen Kim, um, and I caught the very start of Nakoda's match. Did you? But I, I you know, I did get interrupted. Um, what about yourself? Did you see Nakoda's match? I, I caught the maybe the last two minutes of the match. Um, so I think it was a couple of shidos apiece. Um, yeah, and then the the, the 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 final running to the score, um, and I, I it didn't look to me like that she was confident at that point, and I don't know what had happened earlier in the match, but Nakodia again for me is someone who's very aggressive with her gripping, and once she's got a grip, she's confident with she can attack anyone. She's not scared of attacking, but. No, she didn't no. look like a normal self. Well, she didn't look like the the same woman who won um, Dusseldorf. You know, and that happens in judo. Yeah. Um, so I've got yeah. no doubt yeah. she'll be yeah. back on that level. But yeah, I was gutted for. I her. think Nicola's class isn't she? So powerful, great athlete, and I just you know I hope that she she she'll come back from that. I'm, I'm not too you know, and I think in many ways it's a fault finding exercise. Yeah. You know, it's. Sometimes it's not such a bad thing to have a poor performance at a major event because your reviewing of that will provide her with so much learning going forward for the World Championships and for the Europeans in Minsk next year. Yeah. No, again, it's great that a load of our athletes are on form at the moment. Um, I think you talked about it last week. At some point, there's going to be a dip in performances, and, and with that comes like a, the knock-on effect on your confidence. And perhaps it's better that it mm-hmm. happens now, like a couple of years out, and and then they start winning and winning again because that's that's inevitable. The quality of athlete we're talking about, um, it's better that Absolutely. it happens now. You know, I, I agree, totally agree. Within the um... 57s as well, Achelia. I watched her match, um, and we've we've had a bit of a discussion. And for me, the the first minute for her, um, she looked a bit frozen, overwhelmed. Absolutely understandable. This is the first European Championships, the uh, third only senior event. I heard her say earlier um, this week, and her opponent had the absolute right strategy for that first minute. Be aggressive, you know. This girl's in that situation, she's a junior. And I thought, oh, she's out of her depth. Or was Ari down, Ashido down, within probably one minute 30, something like that. But then she kind of clawed in, clawed away back into the match. And then she really, really applied herself. And, and she became the fighter who we all know that she can be, real aggressive, controlling the gripping, attacking with, with a real intention to throw. The Ashidos begin to accumulate and I thought she'd done really, really well um, to 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 win that match. And you know, great fighting spirit for her in her first European Championships. Great to see the junior there, and and she done well. She done well. Obviously, loses to the cost of a new thing. Um, did she go on to win it? Um, the Jakova. I think yeah, she did. She, um, I think she certainly medalled. Um, yeah, quality athlete. Yeah, she won it. Just checking there. She 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 won the event. So that's that's no. Bad loss. 
Um, and we we talked before, like I thought Achelia was amazing, and it was one of the only matches that that first one of hers that I went back and watched again. Um, because yeah, you pointed out that she did start really slowly, but like you said, what was really impressive was how she hounded that girl. Um, as soon as that score went on the board, you could almost see her judo change. Like it didn't matter anymore if she lost, but she was yeah, the pressure was off her, and she was so aggressive, and she. Yeah, she just wore the girl down, and I always felt like watching that, that the score was almost inevitable, and then, yeah, you know, winning in golden score, there was only ever going to be one winner, the way she'd hounded that girl for the remainder of the contest, I thought she was fantastic, and again, there was a bit of a gap with the the, the Kosovan, um, but she went on to win, it was a clear winner, you know, so, um, yeah, that's a hard one to judge, but... Talking about Achelia, that probably leads us on to... There were quite a few yeah, young yeah. fighters. We had um, Stuart and Jamal fighting as well. How do you think they managed the, the, the step up to senior Europeans? Um, I've got to be honest, I didn't see Stuart's, Stuart's match, so I won't, won't say too much there, but obviously lose his first round. Um, Jamal, I watched him against Beaker, and we was talking, you know, predicting Beaker to be there or thereabouts in the, in the medals and winning it, and he, and he didn't do, but that kind of indicates the level of quality he's at. Um, Baker, given Ashville, lovely foot sweep. And I thought Jamal done well to spin off it. And I thought, and he got away with it, but then he got given a Wazari. And I thought, oh, you know, bit bit tight there, you know, but I, you can see the score. But Jamal done phenomenal to get off the technique. And then, you know, he was, he was hanging in with, with Baker. And then... All of a sudden, a Uranagi, which was just phenomenal. And if you can get it on a, on the um, site, James, in terms of a bit of a highlight, I think Steve Fraser had it on his um, on his on his uh, Facebook page. But what a, it was well worth watching. Lovely technique, and you know, unfortunately, Jamal's on the receiving end of it, and um, you know that's him done. So again, quality opponent, young athlete, earning his stripes. You know, they've they, they got some work to do, absolutely. But great great that we've got representation, um, which has been the perennial complaint probably over the last three years, hasn't it, in terms of not having representation in each weight. I think, you know, there were men's weights which we had missing, 66, 73s, and hundreds and plus hundreds, you know, but it's growing representation, um, which is great to see. The other youngster, I guess, in the team was Lucy Renshaw. And she, well, obviously came home with a bronze medal and looked absolutely phenomenal all day. I know you, you do you know Lucy or you're from similar neck of the woods, aren't you? Yeah, she she lives not too far away from me. Um, she trains at a club that I, I used to train at. Um, and she's a good kid. You know, she's got, she's got a real nice mindset about her. Um, she treats doesn't take life too seriously, but treats judo really, really seriously, and I think that's a wonderful attribute to have, you know. And and she's she's got some good judo, and always has had good judo. But one of her strongest attributes for me is um, she's bloody hard to throw. <laughs> you know, not many people score on her. Not many people score on her, and I think that's a great um, a great thing to have in your toolbox, you know. Um, She's. I was looking at the the photographs of the medal ceremony, and she's quite head and shoulders of the board. It's quite tall for the weight as well. So, you know, 
I was really, really pleased at the. Uh... Okay. Did, did you see the match with Clarice? No, I didn't. I haven't seen that match. I've seen a couple of the matches that she had, um, and obviously I've seen that Alice didn't come out for the. Uh, Is that right? Okay. For the bronze medal match, I don't know what happened there. I don't know the details behind that. Whether Alice, whether Alice picked up an injury or whether there were scores given, but I've seen the match awarded to Lucy, right. and that's on um, judo base now. Um, so I was a bit disappointed, really, not to. You know, when I'm trying to track back and watch matches, not really having them there and having having the narrative behind it. Um, nevertheless, bronze medal. I kind of, you know, we predicted it. For me, I think there's only really Clarice who can beat her in, in this way at the moment. I know Tina uh, Tristanyak has beaten Lucy the last two times before, but very, very close and going into gun score. And I think Lucy's got her number, really. Um Clarice is a bit of a way off, I think, at just this moment in time. I mean, certainly up until the final, it looked like Lucy was the only athlete who really pushed Clarice. And then she, in the final, it was, she had a, a, a war with Tristan Yak. She, again, I thought Alice was perhaps harshly done by in that match. Um, yeah, what did you think to that hand soccer match? I, I don't know. Again, I thought there were parts of the match where Alice was dominant but the way I've seen those two fight before Alice hasn't really been in the match and I, I don't know if that reflects all their performances but I thought mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I thought she was harshly done by what do you, what do you think? Well I, I think for me um, we, said, we said last week she'll either fly or yeah. dive and I think she flew you know to get to the semi-final I think there was a couple of times when she was running it close to the bone with the um, with the pressure on the arm, you know, taking it down yeah, into me, yeah. was her. And then I think the the final one, it was almost as if it was by design. You know, it's almost as if it was something that she was working on with. Kumi Katic break, she moved, she positioned the elbow in front of the chest and then kind of didn't get the rotation from the technique. And because she's positioned the elbow, and man's flat on it, I, c- I can see why they give it hand soccer Mackie. I think it's harsh, because um, I don't think she was looking to throw with an arm lock, but I think she broke the grip, positioned the elbow, and then didn't get the rotation that she needed. Um, and I can see that. But I thought, what a great advert for women's judo, and a great advert for um, British judo, in terms of the, the level of tenacity that Alice was showing within that match, against somebody who kept coming back within Tina, and, you know, for me, I felt Alice was on top, and at that at that moment in the match, and you know, disappointed not to see her in the final round. Really. I hate I hate that disqualification. Not just that one, but that's almost uh, every major tournament. There's almost always one, you know, opposite sides. You break the arm off and you chop across, and I think it's one that a lot of athletes play up to. You know, the throwing with the armbar. Um, and and there is an armbar there but I don't think there's ever any risk of a huge amount of damage off it and I think the famous one was uh, Huang threw Anai with it in an Asian Games and that's been replayed over and over again and people are always outraged and again similarly this weekend you know Tristanyak plays it off a little bit she's not over the top but she gets up clutching her arm. Um, the girl came out for the final, you know, a couple of hours later, as she's going to, but she yeah. was good in the final. So 
it wasn't something that was gonna injure her, or it wasn't something that did injure her. But it was, yeah, she played it up. She played the the game, and yeah, that got Alistair disqualification. So I, I don't know. I don't like that I, disqualification. I suppose it's that risk of is the reason for the hand sock in that case. You know, and it's a, it's a bit like in football, isn't it? When you you know maybe tackle from behind or go into footed, you've lost the control. You know, I, and it's like you know you might win the ball, but you've gone in with two footed or you tackle from behind, and it's the risk of you know don't overly buy it because I think if you have clean tackles, and in in judo, you know I think Alice was in control of a situation. She wasn't looking to snap the girl's arm and you kind of be out of control of it. She put a she placed her arm exactly where she was in control and it just didn't get the rotation. Yeah. And then, um, so moving on from that, and you've, you've already talked about how Gemma Howe was your, your, your player of the, the, the weekend. Um, did you see much of it? Yeah, and I just thought, Gemma, wow, wonderful, 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 wonderful. Um, Sally, you know, kind of true to, true to the format she's in at the moment, takes a silver medal, losing to a tough opponent in polling. Um, I think we've three three gold medals for Poland now, but you know Sally's a, a, a tough competitor. Gave a tough match, um, and I heard kind of Poland's post-match interview saying, you know, there's there's times when she's had it a lot easier against Sally, um, but Sally gave her a tough match in the final. But just to get there, just to keep the consistency going, and this to, to me is modern day judo that we're going. It's now a world. Um, global tour it's year round and you, it's not good enough just taking scalps these days you know how he's beat him or she's beat her you have to win match after match tournament after tournament and Sally's doing that at the moment um, you know and I think huge credit to her but Gemma Howell wow amazing performance of well certainly her career you'd argue I don't think she's had a European medal beforehand and she's moved up two weights since she debuted in the Olympics in 2012 so I watched I watched Howell in 57 kilos in 2009 Paris tournament um, she took a fifth place I think and fought out of her skin that day and I thought she was going to take over the world at that point um, and I think injuries probably um, weight making at 57s and kind of further injury you know but 70 kilos seems, you know, what a result. And it seems to be the making of her. Definitely. Can you see her catching Sally? It's certainly going to be exciting to see the running over the next couple of years, um, especially with uh, Jemima chasing them both as well. Oh, I was going to add her into the mix. For, for me, um, I think clearly Sally's in pole position. But as we know, judo's about staying injury-free, keeping consistency. Um you know, and, and I think for me, whether they are able to catch Sally or not, Sally will progress because of those two. Yeah. You know, um, and whether Sally is able to sustain it, who knows? Who knows? You know, so I would, if you ask me now, you know, Sally's in pole position, and I don't think Gemma nor Jemima could catch by Tokyo, but who knows? You know, judo's a funny sport, isn't it? What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I think the thing that will be a factor is um, how much she wants it. Because, again, coming back to 
at some point you'd expect that she will have a blip. She's on the run of her life. Since Rio, she's she's had some phenomenal results. Rio, Paris and the Europeans. And being able to replicate those results over and over again as she's going to need to through the qualif- qualification period um, and I expect she will be able to do is one thing. But if she goes through a period where the results don't come how much does she want it to come back? She's achieved so much already. You know, she's... Tokyo is probably, almost certainly, going to be her last games. Yeah, if she yeah, has absolutely. a bad period, absolutely. does she still want it enough to, to, you know, go back to the grindstone and, and, and work through it? I think that'll be there. And I think that's a fair point, isn't it? Fair point, absolutely. Absolutely. Before we move on, 70 kilos, I just wanted to say, is another example of how my predictions were the absolute kiss of death. Um, I was talking about the, the other Dutch girl, Van Dijk. Um, Van Dijk, yeah. And saying that Pollin was past the best. Um, Pollin obviously beat Van Dijk in the quarterfinals, I want to say. And then went, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> then, went on to, yeah, then went on to win it. So... Um, I think the the thing is, when it comes around to the Olympics, no one take uh, any odds advice from me because I am going to chase you up the wrong tree. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, These things happen, they don't do, they? <laughs> they do, it's like you said, terrible. For, for people who are meant to know a bit about judo, um, my predictions were awful. Did you catch either uh, Megan... Oh, sorry, did you catch much of Natalie as well? Yeah, I seen um I seen Natalie. Um didn't see all of the all of the fights. I seen um the match against the German. Um do you know what? I thought she she played she didn't panic. She went and was Harry down. I thought she had a structured match and you know began to began to impose her own judo through the match. Um you know, a little bit of appealing on the scores, but not you know, nothing significant. But really applied the pressure and the pressure and, and, and came through. I didn't see her match against Malonga, um, you know. So again, unfair of me to comment. But I think I think pre-draw, um, I didn't see Natalie overcoming Malonga or Chimeo, to be honest. And you know, so I think it's almost like a path of the course. Um, a path of the course result for her, which is a European bronze medal, which is, is not a bad path of the course, is it really? Yeah. And again, she's so consistent at this level. Um, you just wonder whether making that step to a world final or an Olympic final, um, it, what what steps she has to take to, to, to get there? Do you know, do you know what? I was, I was speaking to a friend of mine, um, yesterday or today and we was just 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 chatting and uh this this, this isn't anybody who's involved with british judo by the way in terms of the employees just uh, somebody who's followed judo much closer than what i do actually and they were saying that natalie probably needs to keep a top four seeding right the way throughout the year that'll be the critical thing for her um you know she's top quality. The improvement that she's made is is phenomenal, but she doesn't want to either be lower in the seedings or um, getting mucked about with kind of being mid pool. Because to avoid the Japanese, which she's came on your show and said she'd never beat the Jap- any Japanese. You know, never mind the number one Japanese. 
um, to, beat the, to beat the Japanese and to beat the French um, are always going to be a bit of a, a challenge for her just because of her style of judo. She's a counter, she's a counter thrower, isn't she? She's got some lovely um, aggressive judo in the gripping. I've seen her do a wonderful sasai against, um, I think, was it Verkirk, the, the Dutch girl, I think. Um, I'm not sure if it was Verkirk, but I'm pretty, pretty sure it was Verkirk out in UAE. But I think Natalie's, re- you know, I think the point is that she needs to keep her rankings high to avoid the players until the later rounds. And I think then, you know, it's in the lap of the gods we're, we're at the semi-final stage, isn't it? Yeah, of course. You know, but as you say, if oh. she can give herself that opportunity... Um, she's she's there or thereabouts with all these girls, and they've they've maybe got the edge on her at the moment. But she's so consistent, and I I mean I can't see her dropping out of the world top four, especially if you consider you can only take one of the French or one of the Japanese, yeah. and they yeah. both French are going to be around the world top four come come twenty twenty. And that you know I mean it'd be interesting what they do come the world championships, but there's not there's not too many points in the year where all of the best ones are in the same tournament. You know, so I think that's why Natalie will medal consistently and she has to medal consistently. But if we're thinking about world championships or European championships, but let's say the world's potentially two Japanese, potentially two French, um, and then you add into the mix the Brazilian and the Kosovan, you know, she, she's going to have a work cut out. You know, um, there are top players Look at the the German girl who, who threw her for the Wazari. You look at the um, the Dutch girls. Um, I think Stevenson and um, the Kirk. You know, it's a tough weight category. It's, it's kind of a weight category low in numbers generally, but high in quality. People that can beat each other. Yeah, that the quality there. So you know, I think I think for me, she has to keep that seeding high. Um, did you catch uh, any of the Irish trio? The expats. I missed. Um, I missed Nathan. Um, I did see Ben, and I seen Megan as well. I didn't see Megan's fight against Matic. I did see her earlier match, um, which I thought she she fought really well, really well structured, and kind of took the win. I'm, I'm trying, I, I can't remember who it was against, but I, I think I seen one of Megan's posts which said I think she was European silver medalist last year or something. Right, okay. So. And the name's not, the name's not coming to me. So for her to have a strong first round win and then lose to Matic, no law, you know, kind of well done to her. She's really um, pulling back the ground, really, you know. And I think she's kind of doing that at the right time, coming into Olympic qualification phase. Then on the other hand, um, I expect him to to kind of progress. Bad day at the office. Yeah, and again, he wasn't the only person who had a bad day at the office. Um... I didn't see it, but I was surprised he lost to the Austrian. I thought he'd have a tough, tougher fight against the the, the Swedish lads. And um, Patrick's such a rangy fighter, so awkward. Yeah, um, yeah. But I know the Austrian is is quite a young player. He's, he's someone they're really pushing and supporting. But I was, I was again. I, I would have thought that'd be a match that Ben could win. So, and like you say, he's been on such a tear this year. He's you, you couldn't count him out. No, I, absolutely. And there'll be more to come from him. There'll be more to come. Just needs to go back to the drawing board. I think I saw Nathan's fight. Um, he had the Israeli boy in the, the the first round, and I thought I thought Nathan was great. That's right. That's how. Yeah. Um, he went on. Flicker went on to get the bronze, and 
That's I right. felt for Nathan because I think Nathan's such a great judo player, but he seems to get such terrible draws at the moment. Like he hasn't had any luck, um, and I think if he gets on the roll, if he can win a couple of fights, he's going to put himself in a good position and his confidence will come. But I thought he was super close against Flicker. You know, Nathan was very much in the match, but that kind of moment where the score came. He did look physically smaller than, than the Israeli, which was. Mm-hmm. He's got the heart of a lion, Nathan. He's really got so much spirit and so much commitment. Um, and you talk about the, the bad draws. And I suppose I go back to um, the point about Natalie previously that if you're unseeded, if you're not able to build the rankings up, the likelihood is you're going to get tougher draws maybe not as tough as what Nathan's experience seems to be honest but yeah I think I think the world ranking list is uh, really affecting the, those players who aren't just there you know aren't at the level of um, higher rankings you know top 30 top 25 so on where you might get a, a, an easier first round draw as opposed to you know somebody like Tal Flicker or whomever really <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think I think there's loads of room for him to pick up points over the next couple of years, and I'd love to see him qualify. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely, but, absolutely. You know, his confidence must be taken. I hope it's not taking a hammering at the moment because, again, I, you watch the fight and it's not that big a gap. And you know, Flicker's world number one, world number two, something like that. You know, and it's it's not that big a gap, but. Until he starts winning matches, um, you know he's going to struggle for the confidence. Anyway, anything else that caught you caught your eye over the weekend? Um, I seen I seen Fraser's match. Um, you know, and I, I missed the thir- first minute, but they caught caught it towards the tail end, and then we hit golden score. Um, and he spun out of an attack, and I thought he was. I thought he'd done really well to spin out of it. And I think the referees had a look at it, didn't give it a score, and that was the correct correct decision. I thought, oh, you've had a get-out-of-jail-free card there, Fraser. And then in the next exchange in Golden Score, Fraser throws the lad, and he puts him right on his arse. And he kind of stood up nice and straight, puffed his chest out, kind of, there we go, on through. No transition into the knee, was there? He had the opportunity to just take the hole, and he must be kicking himself because it wasn't a score. And the next exchange, he ended up um, get, get, you know, getting scored on. And, you know, I've seen um, some comment, comments on the forum talking about begging for scores. And I think Natalie was doing a little bit of that. But Fraser wasn't really begging for the score, but he, he just stopped and admired the work that he'd done. Um, and it was so frustrating, really frustrating. But nobody's going to be more frustrated than what he is, you know, let, let's be clear on that. But as a spectator and somebody who kind of, you know, going back to your fundamentals of judo, transition, transition, transition. And he's got great knee weather as well. So it's just, uh, I felt for him. Um, but at the same time, kind of, I think that for me is about taking responsibility on the, on the map for, you, for your own performance there in many, many ways. And I'm sure Fraser will uh, give himself a, 
you know, kind of some time to reflect on on kind of the opportunity that was was a missed opportunity. And it feels harsh saying that. It feels harsh saying that, but I suppose that's the, the purpose of the podcast, really, isn't it? To have yeah, a to discussion in that manner. Like, um, I didn't I didn't see Fraser fight, but I did see the the the, the article that the blog post that was that's written about it. Um, I I think scores are so soft at the moment. You know that. Yes. I don't. I don't. I don't know why the players are appealing for them. If that's what was happening, I didn't. I didn't notice much of it in what the judo that I watched. But the scores are so soft that, and referees are giving scores for things that I struggle to consider scores, um, and that's because I've not. I've not got used to these new rules yet, but. I don't think there's any need to be appealing at all. Um, so it's different from from what you're talking about with Fraser not following up into to the yeah, new ones. Yeah, but yeah. going directly back to the blog, like I didn't see much of it, but then potentially I wasn't watching the right the right matches. You know, the right matches. No, and and I said, they were the only two things that I see. The reason that that Bob gave, Bob gave in relation to not having trust in the coaches, I think, you know, I think he's, he talks about objectivity, and, and and I'm not I'm not buying that, you know, I'm not I'm not buying because I, you know, you could clearly hear Luke shouting from the stands, um, and there was a, 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 a British coach in the chair, so yeah, okay, he's not got his his club coach sat in the chair, but he's still taking direction, he's still taking direction, you know during the contest, you know, which the... So, I don't think lack of trust isn't a reason for, for appealing for scores and not transitioning to Niwaza. That, for me, is kind of... Um, it's, like, it's a schoolboy error, isn't it? You know, you, you you get to play to the whistle, play to, you know, play to Jimmy Matte, and you must transition. And that, you know, you, the, with the care system now... You know the teachings as you transition and you hold down because that ipon may be given a are now, you know, and I think that is a fundamental of modern day judo. It slips up, it slips up, and you know, and we've all been know, there. We've happen. all been there as well. You know, we've all thought there was a score looked up, hoping the referees, hoping, <laughs> willing, willing yeah. the referee to give it as much as appealing for the referee to give it. Give it, you know. Um, yeah, hopefully he'll he'll learn from this. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm sure he'll go on to to develop. The um, the other thing that I loved over the weekend, and uh, part of it came up in I don't know if you saw Mark Pickering's uh, blog for the IGF. Um, yes, yeah, I yeah, am yeah. finding the heavyweight scene just so compelling at the moment. There's so many good stories going on. Um, so away from Europeans, there was obviously the All Japan Championships and. Harasawa came out on top against Ojitani. Um, but there was, I guess, a, a lot of concern that fighting outside of Japan, both fighters would have picked up the, the disqualification again because their attack rate is so low yeah. and, and the style of Japanese heavyweight judo is so different to the kind of all-out attacking style that like the IGF wants at the moment. But then within the Europeans, mm. you obviously went and had... Um, Kapalik um, go on and win who I, I didn't I yeah. didn't have him down as the winner but I did say at the start of the year that he's going to be a man to push Teddy and I think this just showed that he is going to be someone and, and this is what Mark wrote 
Mark Pickering wrote as well in his blog post that everybody's waiting for that matchup. The two Olympic gold medalists coming face to face, and part of me hopes that it doesn't happen before the Olympics. I'd love that to be the Olympic final. The Olympic oh. final. <laughs> That would be insane. Yeah, yeah. Their first head to head. Their first head to head. Wow. And again, if that was if that was the case, I don't know who I'd go for. You know, I think if Teddy fights Kapalik before the games, I think Kapalik wins, but then Teddy wins the Olympics. But if the first match is the Olympic final, I think that's too tight to call. You know, I think he's such a great athlete, Kapalik, and. He's adapting to that weight category so well, you know, and you see that at the weekend. Mm, more, more time in the weight it will, will help him, won't Definitely. it? You know, match after match will help him. I just don't think Ted. I think Ted. I don't think Teddy's beatable. I think his tactics and his physicality and his size, you know, and unfortunately, not his application of his judo or his, or his strength. You know, he. I think he tactically will come through. Okay. Okay. Till he decides, I've had enough. Ah, well, it'll be interesting to see because he's obviously again we talked about it last week. He's he's planning twenty twenty four already. Um, looking at the results from the Europeans, though, like I know Sasson uh, didn't medley bombed out and Tushishvili finished with a fifth. But you've got to consider: did um, Grohl end up with a bronze medal? You've got to consider. Henk, Henk, yeah. I, I was looking at Henk that in the morning, actually. I thought, oh, Henk, Henk's got class. You know, he's followed Kripalik up there. Henk, Henk is, he's got the spirit. You know, I was watching Tushy's Philly. He gets, he gets thrown back for, was Harry by the Iceland guy, uh, Johnson, you know, Hanson or Johnson. Did he? Said, oh, come on. Yeah, he got through for, was Harry. I mean, he clawed it back, you know, he won the match. But you're just thinking, he's, you know, Tushy's Philly, even though a back team, He's vulnerable. He's vulnerable, and I think you know what was what was Tushy's feeling. Ninety kilos and hundreds now plus, you know, and and he will take the fight to the likes of Teddy. But as he got the all round judo game, um, not yet. I don't think, and I think Mark hit on a good point that you know he's still learning his trade in in the way. But I think I think for me, Kripalik, top draw. Hanks maybe one to watch. You know, just to cause a couple of upsets. Um, within the weight, obviously you you looked at Sasson, didn't come off for him. Tushish Philly didn't come off for him. So again, that, that weight group is um, more than interesting. More than the interesting reason I threw me. those four names out is I wonder if there's going to be a changing of the guard. If we're seeing an era of maybe a lighter, more mobile heavyweight, all four of those guys came up from under hundreds. You know, so they're not as big. Mm. Like, I think. Mm. I think Kapalik's probably probably one fifteen. I think I've seen somewhere between one fifteen and one twenty. Yeah. So he's not he's not a big heavyweight. He's a big guy, but he's not a big heavyweight. And equally, Sasson and Tushishvili and Gro, you can see them being around the one fifteen to one twenty well, mark. They're I'm, not massive, but they're physically you've got well, to consider them. Think about what you said there about the Japanese. Think about about you know the the, the attacking rate. It's only three shidos now. The attack rate's got to be high, you know, including in the heavyweight judo. Are the under hundred kilo players progressing into the hundreds plus hundreds? At a bit of an advantage with the rule set. 
against the big big guys, a bit against the Japanese. You know, who will slow things down and just wait for the perfect moment. You know, create the perfect moment. Should I say? Um, I don't know. It's worth it's worth having a think about, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Still very exciting going forward. Very exciting. Um, anything else that stood out for you? I know you you read uh, Mark Pickering's blog as well. Yeah, do you know what? I get I get I get frustrated sometimes um, about unfunded, unfunded pleading players, you know. And, and let's take Ashley. And I get frustrated because I think we're going to the European Championships as Great Britain. Whether individual players are um, funded or not, kind of what business is it of the EJU press guy or the IGF press guy to kind of reference that within the within the article, you know, I think my understanding is that Ashley's probably created himself in a position to be, um, have a package of funding from the BJA um, for the world top 18 stuff, you know, so, and he also wouldn't have had to pay for himself to go to the Europeans. So I just get frustrated with the divisiveness um, all round, you know, kind of, I absolutely appreciate that Ashley's in a position where he isn't receiving a monthly amount coming from UK sport in terms of an award. I get that. But that doesn't mean to say that um, he doesn't receive any level of support to attend tournaments. And I think I think it just needs... I get frustrated that it needs to be clearer at times because it's dead easy to BJ bash on that, you know, kind of... It, it's so simple to, and I just think it's a bit more complex... Than, than that and then kind of you're reading on the EJU website like that you know unfunded athlete well who gives a shit really you know he's, he's a representative of the Great Britain team who's took a bronze medal well done really huge achievement for him you know and kind of I hope he brings many more medals in whether it needs to be discussed about in every single thing that you read I don't think so to be honest ah, interesting I didn't I didn't pick up on that in the article but you're right, you don't see it written about athletes who are struggling, I guess, in other systems. And I, I don't know if any athletes under the other systems are facing the same situations, but you'd certainly expect some of the smaller nations to have similar setups. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. And again, you're right, um, all, the, all the players who went to the Europeans would have had this trip funded so that's that's yeah that's an interesting idea um you know and, and sorry to that i just think you know i just think just celebrate just celebrate the achievement it doesn't have to be you know a, a backstory well done the, the, the lad's done amazing and he's represented the country he's represented his club and he's represented himself you know great credit to him well done you know and that just needs to be left like that Awesome. And I think left like that is a great point to leave this on. Chris, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Somehow we've crept over the half hour mark and up towards the hour mark again. Um... <laughs> well, we can do it next time. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Mate, thanks so much for coming on uh, the post. You take uh, on, the, on the, the podcast. You take care of yourself and I will speak to you soon. So that's the end of our 
Europeans review show guys you might have noticed a couple of parts in there where um, the podcast was a little bit disjointed we had a couple of moments where the sound wasn't great quality um, so I had to cut some of the chat um, once again as well Chris came clearly more prepared to talk about the judo than I was I did notice um, yeah having not been able to watch too much of the judo whilst I was at work you know, I, I do rely on being able to watch the fights, catch up on the fights on judo base. And in this instance, they weren't straight up. And I guess that might be the difference between the IGF system and, and, and perhaps being EJU, getting them up a little bit slower. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you thought. Get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. It's Original Judo Pod on both. Um, share, retweet us, and go leave a review on, well, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or somewhere else. Um, it'd be great to get more reviews than episodes, um, particularly on the iTunes. I think we're up to 16 reviews, and we've got 26 episodes now. So get on it. That's your homework. Um, oh, and, and while you're at it, go follow uh, Judo Fan on Twitter for some of his excellent updates on the Japanese judo scene. Thanks, guys. Catch you later.